John chapter 8, verse 21, 24. And the title of this is, What is the Criteria for Dying in Your Sins? I'm always interested in Jesus' words. Of course, I'm interested in the whole Bible. Read the whole thing. Look at it. But I'm really interested, uh, when, I, when I see Jesus, the way Jesus is, is, you understand who, I believe Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And I believe as he walked among men, he's the, think about it, he's the author of language. He knew their thoughts. He even knew the intents of their heart. Now, how much advantage is that when you're dealing with somebody? So he played with them like a cat plays with a mouse. I mean, literally, Jesus could play with them like a cat play with a mouse. Uh, they thought they were trying to catch him in his words. Ha, ha, ha. They were going to somehow get him to make a mistake. No, no. Like the soldier said, no man spake like this man. In John chapter 8, verse 21, 24, then Jesus said unto them, these are the Pharisees, the Jews, the people that were trying to, they were rejecting him by the most part for who he was. He says, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Now, let me pause there. I don't know a more sobering thought this morning than for you to die in your sins. That means someday you'll face your sins before Jesus Christ himself at your great white throne judgment, and you'll have to answer for all of those misdeeds, all those intentional misdeeds, all of the uh, misdeeds that you thought but didn't do, but you thought it. Jesus said if you... Look on a woman that lusts after you, you've committed adultery in your heart already. It's not excusable to think it and not do it. If you think it, it's wrong. That, that puts everybody in the same boat, I think. And Jesus said, if you even hate a brother, you've committed murder, because all murder starts with that. It starts with hate, then it goes to murder. All immorality starts with lust, and it goes to immorality. And what Jesus is saying is, your very hearts are corrupt. Your very thought life is corrupt. He said, if you're not careful, and I may just say it this way, you're going to die in your sins. These Pharisees who hated him eventually crucified him. They proved it. I mean, this is done deal. This is history. Uh, he, is, he is warning them, uh, knowing that no man can take his life. He's going to lay his life down. Nobody took Jesus' life. Nobody smacked Jesus without his permission. Nobody spat upon Jesus without his permission. Nobody, nobody scourged. Those Roman soldiers did not scourge Jesus without his permission. Through that whole thing, he's given permission for them to do it. The angels are sitting there with their hand on the sword. Say the word, say the word, say the word. He's, no. I bet they were... They were, they were looking at his lips just to see, just to wait, to see for him to say, kill him. No. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I think the angel had started pulling his sword out, which probably nobody could see but him. The angel started pulling his sword out when them, when them soldiers started abusing Jesus uh, when he was even on the cross, and, and Jesus had to, no, 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 Father, forgive them. They put their sword back in. Kind of speculation. He said, be careful, 
or you're going to die in your sins. Whither I go, you cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whither I go, you cannot come. Last week I preached the only way you're going to understand the Bible is to be born again. You're going to be born again. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. Once you receive the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you understanding of what he wrote. If you don't have that system, and if it's not in that order, you're not going to understand the Bible. To you, it's just an academic book. You end up being a Jehovah Witness. You end up being a Mormon. You end up being a Seventh-day Adventist. You end up being some cult. You end up being a Hindu. You end up being an Islamic. You end up being anything but a born-again Christian. Because there's only one way to get to God, and that's Jesus Christ. And there's only one way to understand the Bible. It's through Jesus Christ. And so he said unto them, Ye are far, ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. That's number two. For if ye believe not, and I want you to try to underline this phrase, if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. That's number three, in honor of the Holy Trinity. Three times in this short passage, Jesus warns these people who hate him and eventually did have him crucified, though he laid his life down. He says, you're going to die in your sins. You must accept. Boy, this, this tweaked me. That tweaked me when I read that. I've read that so many times, but it tweaked me again. People want to argue about Jesus. If you get in a crowd of folks and bring up the, Jesus, the name Jesus Christ, you're going to get a stir among those folks. They're going to stir up. He did, uh, they, they, they did, they'll argue about that, he, that Jesus really did not do the miracles that are recorded in the Bible. They'll say that the things written in the Bible were exaggerated. The sayings of Jesus were somehow exaggerated. They will say that Jesus could not have been born of a virgin, that he was not the Messiah. Or they'll argue that he was the bastard son of a Roman soldier. Uh, they'll, they'll argue he, never, he himself never claimed to be the Messiah, but he did. Uh, they'll argue that he, he never claimed to be deity in the flesh, but he did. On and on it will go. I've heard them for the years, uh, probably 20 normal, general arguments against Jesus Christ that you'll hear if you do much talking to folks. But there's one teaching here that we're talking about this morning that Jesus says is absolutely necessary to have your sins forgiven. Now, I not, do not want you to raise your hand. But do you want your sins forgiven before you meet God? There's one teaching, one doctrine above all the rest that is absolutely necessary for your sins to be forgiven or to be cleansed. One doctrine that so many people trip over. One teaching. And it's found in John chapter 8, verse 24. If ye believe not that I am he, everything resolves and revolves, I should say, around these three little words, I am he. Now, if I may give you some technical information, if you've got a King James Bible uh, and you look at that phrase, I am he, do you notice the word he is a little different than that word I am. It's in italics. Italics means they lean it over a little bit, right? Is that true? How many here look at that and say, in my Bible, the word he is in italics. Raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. The rest of you need glasses. 
No. But if you have the right Bible, if you have a decent Bible that's honest, King James Bible, you're going to see this in italics. That's in italics because the translators of the King James Bible, some 40 of the smartest men ever gathered together on planet Earth, God really did it, reverenced the Bible, reverenced what they were doing, realizing that the Bible says if you add to the word or take away from the word, the curses of this book will be added to you. Those men that were doing that translation had a real grip that they were risking their future with God. If they took his word and messed with it, twisted it, added it, subtracted it where it wasn't supposed to be, there is a sober warning in the Bible about those people. So I'd have been scared if I was them myself. But God called them to do it. They picked the task up. They had all kinds of rules about back and forth to how to check each other out. You can read the book, Which Bible? And find out all that detailed information. And they... When they would come to a, this was, by the way, a true translation of the Bible is a, what they call word-for-word translation. Uh, a word in the Greek has a word in English. Word in the Hebrew, word in English. And so, and if you know much about languages, they don't always mesh well together. Like in Japanese, there's no real word for sin. So they use the word crime. For all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. In Japanese, that would be for all have committed crime. And come short of the glory of God. It makes sense, right? It's because sin really, in essence, is a crime against God. And so it, it, sometimes they don't mesh well. So in their reverence for the word of God, when they came to the phrase, I am, they added the word he for the smoothness of the reading. But in their reverence for the word of God, so that you as a reader would know that that is not in the Greek text, that is not in the Textus Received text or Textus Receptus. They added it in italics. Now you say, this is not new information. You can read the beginning of your Bible in the preface and they'll tell you all that. The italics is not in the original. They put it there for smoother reading. But in this case, it did not help. Though they had great intentions on that, it did not help. Because let's read it without the italics. I say therefore unto you, you, you shall die in your sins if you believe not that I am. I am. Now, any theological Jew would immediately, because that's what he said to them, they would, they would immediately pick up what this renegade Jew prophet from Nazareth, they thought, was saying or indicating to them. He says, until you believe that I am, you're going to die in your sins. Their mind would immediately go back to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, where it says, and God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thou shalt say to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Whoa. That is called the name of God that is the being name of God. It is the eternal name of God. It is the always before. He, he was before he is and he was after. He, there's no beginning, no end. 
they understood the reverence of that. Their mind would go back to Deuteronomy 32, 39, where it says, See now that I, even I, am he. There is no God with me. I kill and make alive. I wound, I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. Their mind may go to Isaiah chapter 43, 10 through 11. It says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither was there after me. Even I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Their mind may go to Isaiah 46, 4, where it says, And even to your old age, I am he. Even to the whore hairs will I carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and deliver you. And every old person said, <laughs> Isaiah 48, 12 said, Hearken, O Jacob, Israel, my called. I am he. I am the first and the last. Now in the context, it's talking about Jehovah God because Jesus hasn't been revealed yet. Yet, if you switch, go forward in your Bible to Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 18, we see that that designation was so clearly given to Jehovah God, the Creator God, Old Testament Jehovah, the I am of the burning bush of Moses. We see Jesus has that. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 says, When he saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me and said unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Well, who is that? I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and death. Now look, who is he that was alive and is dead, and now it has to be Jesus. So you find in the Bible it's very clear that the, the names given to Jehovah God in the Old Testament were synonymously given to Jesus in the New Testament. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. In Colossians, it says Jesus created everything. Without him was not anything made that was made. Who is this one? Why, the Jews, when he said, I am, except you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins, they would immediately make them realize that Jesus was claiming to be deity in the flesh, standing before them. The places he says this statement is reacted to in this manner. So it's not just me assuming this or presuming it. It is actually the reaction of these folks as they hear it. In John chapter 8, the same chapter you're in, 824 is what we've been referring to. Now go to 828. 828 says, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, ye shall know that, what? I am. And that I do nothing of myself, but as the Father taught me, I speak these things. In John 8, 58, go to the very end of that chapter there. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. In John chapter 10, just two chapters over, in verse 32 to 33, let me, let's, we're doing a little Bible study at the beginning of this, and then we'll put the application at the end. Many good works have I showed you for my Father, for which of those works do you stone me? Those are Jesus' words. 
And Jesus and the Jews answered and said, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. They knew who he was talking about. He was introducing to them a new concept, which we refer to as the triunity of God. They knew only God is Jehovah God, some 14 different names, however, the God of the Old Testament. They did not understand that God had a son. His name was Jesus. They did not understand the Holy Spirit. He was teaching them a new concept of the, of the what the two times in the New Testament is called the Godhead. The Godhead. It was a brand new concept. And brother, they were stumbling all over that thing. Jesus drove these people crazy. In John chapter 8, that same chapter, verse 51, 54. Verily I say unto you, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. I preached on that a few weeks ago. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast the devil or demon. Abraham is dead. And the prophets, and thou sayest, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? In other words, basically we were saying, who can say these things? Preacher, I never dream about saying that. I got no power to say this stuff. You got no power. The, the most holy man that ever walked the face of the earth could never say these things and back them up. They have no ability to back them up because we as frail humans come and go with little power over our destination we can't even add to our height one cubit Jesus said if I honor myself my honor is nothing it is my father that honoreth me of whom you say that he is your God there he is introducing them to the trinity again the father What's he say? In Matthew chapter 28, where he tells the church, this is the way I want you to baptize. I want you to baptize in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Ghost. That's the Trinity, triunity of God. He said, There's no word Trinity in the Bible. Who cares? It don't make any difference. It's there. Call it what you want. The Jews like to use the word triunity, the ones that are saved. We, 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 we heathen Gentiles like to use the word trinity. But the truth is, it's there. We're not making that thing up. He says, except you believe I am, you're going to die in your sins. They just would not, and I say would not, accept the possibility that Jesus was God Theos manifest in the flesh. Take your Bibles to 1 Timothy 3.16. 1 Timothy 3.16. We're still in our Bible study phase of this. Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, a former Pharisee. A Pharisee. They were the geniuses of their day. They were the holy men of their day. They had to, many of them memorized the Old Testament. They had photographic memories, many of them. But that doesn't make them holy. 
but Paul, a converted Pharisee, said in 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. This whole thing about the Godhead is a mystery. I can state it, but I, I, don't, I haven't figured it out. I'm faithing it out. How about you? I'm faithing the whole thing out. You say, I don't understand Trinity. Don't have to. How many things in this world do you use you don't understand? Come on now, wake up. How many things in this world do you use you don't understand? How many drove here in a vehicle? How many of you know the complete uh, uh, philosophy of a combustion engine? You don't even know what combustion is. You don't know where the oil's at. Some of you don't know that you just, all you know is you put fluid, call gas in one end of it, push, push a little thing down, it goes places. Brother, you turn your light switch on, but that's a real blessing. You turn that light switch on, how many times when the power is off, you went in that room went like that? My wife says, how long is it going to be before I quit turning the light switch on? I said, I think it's going to be a month or two. But, but, I mean, you just keep, I don't understand the thing called electricity that runs through that wire, but I'm going to tell you, it's a rude awakening when you get introduced to it. Remember as a kid, I took two copper things, and I thought this was really smart, and I put them in a 110 plug. I sat there like this. Had it not been my dad pushed me off of that thing, I would never have been here. I got introduced to that invisible thing called electricity. But brother, I use electricity and I cannot explain it. How many can you explain sunlight? From as far away as the sun, you put your hand out there and get hot. Boy, about noon to 3 o'clock, it demonstrates itself to us. I don't, I don't know how that invisible energy passes through space and goes through our atmosphere and hits my black shirt. And it's so hot. And I don't know why black is so hot where I wear my white shirt, it's half as hot. What I'm trying to get at is, folks, if you're going to wait to figure it out, you're never going to get it. You just got to believe. Except you believe that I am, Jesus said, you're going to die in your sins. You're going to die in your sins. They just wouldn't accept it. He said here, greatest is without controversy, without, contra- without arguments, greatest is mystery of godliness. But, and he says there, God, it's in the received text, it's all over, it's historically there, God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed in the world, and received up to glory. The context tells you it was talking about Jesus there. So we know it's true. 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. John, the apostle, says, For that which was from the beginning, which we have heard with it, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. John also said in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And that's the correct translation of that. The writer of Hebrews got it. Where he said in Hebrews chapter 1, God who has sundry times and divers manners spake in time past by the fathers by the prophets, under the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. 
who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by, his, by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Who could that be referring to? That's to be Jesus. Jesus explained himself to Philip when Philip said in John chapter 14, 8 and 9, he says, Lord, show us the Father and it will suffice us. Jesus said to him, I just love this. Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me? My wife will sometimes say something to me, and I'll say, Have I not been so long time with you? And you not knowing me? You know, she'll say, well, why do you do this or why do you do that? Man, that's the time to pull the Bible out. Have you not been so long time with me and don't know I leave my shirt laying there? I leave my shoes in your way? Or don't pick up my this or do this or do that? No, girls. What are you, some slow learner? Educably challenged? Not my best marriage counseling, but. <laughs> Not my best. Well, when Jesus said it to Philip, brother, that got my attention. I bet it got Philip's attention. You're talking about folks who were educated in the Old Testament and educated on the holiness and, and the oneness of God Almighty. And there was no Savior before me or after me. I don't know any. Remember, we read Isaiah 43, 44, 46. It's all over Isaiah in the 40s. There is nobody else but me. There's nobody made the world but me. There's no other Savior but me. There's no other one God before me, not after me, not any. I know everything. I don't know any. And yet Jesus has the goal to say that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Who would say that? I like Tom, Thomas, not doubting Thomas, Thomas. In John 20, verse 27, 28, it says, Jesus comes to him and says, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas said unto him, A Jew in the midst of the Jews. My Lord and my God. Jesus is not a created being. Jesus is not some sub-creature, a little bit under God. He is God. Or he is a liar. Or a lunatic. They call it the three logical alternatives when you come to Jesus. You're either determined Jesus is who he said he was, he is God manifest in the flesh, who Paul said he was, who John said he was, who Peter said he was, who the writer of Hebrews said he was, who all these people wrote in the book. He either is who he, he said he was, or he's a liar, and the worst kind of liar, and he's, or he's a lunatic. He actually believed he was, and he wasn't. You say, well, what does this mean to me? Let's go back to verse 24 of chapter 8. 
If you don't believe that I am, you shall die in your sins. Why? What is the criteria for dying in your sins? I'll tell you what it is. If Jesus is not God, he couldn't do what he said he was going to do. I would have no assurances that what he said he was going to do, he could do. He said he was going to get resurrected, but could he do that? He said he can forgive my sins. Could he do that? In other words, once you accept his person, his deity, there's no problem to accept all the other teachings about him. You want to know why people don't believe that, there's a, that, that, that he created everything instantaneously? Because they don't believe he is the I am. Ooh. Now we're getting to the root of why they disbelieve. Why don't the liberals and moderates believe that he was virgin born? Because they don't believe he's the I am. Why don't the, the Jews believe that he was their Messiah? Because they don't believe he was the I am. That's the foundation upon everything that we put upon him. If he's the I am, if he's the God that was at the, at the bush, at the burning bush and talked to Moses, if he was the God that's, that's, that created all that is, thrones and, and dominions and principalities and powers, there's nothing he didn't create. All things are made by him and for him. Without him, nothing consists. But if he is that, I got no problem believing in all the miracles of the Bible. No problem at all. I got no problem believing he walked on water. I got no problem believing that he fed 5,000 people plus the women and the children, let's just say 15, 20,000 people from a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. I got no problem with that. But I've met so many people in this life that have problems with that. So, what he's saying here is, if you believe that I am, and if I may add, who I say I am, then everything else will fall in place. He can forgive my sin. He can take me to heaven. He can always be with me. But think of the promises. He can always, like your brother, he can always be with me. He can go with me wherever I go. He can be in more than one place at a time. He can, he can understand the thoughts of every human being on the planet all at one time. He knows our intentions, our intents of our heart. I got no problem with that. The fact that he wrote a Bible that, that the devil himself is against and he's kept it pure, I have no problem with that. I have no problem that every word of this book is his. And it hasn't been infiltrated. It hasn't been polluted. It hasn't been corrupted. It hasn't, it's been preserved. Why? Because I serve a risen Savior who is God manifest in the flesh that made everything. Now, let me warn you this morning. If you don't believe that, you're going to die in your sins. Not my words. Jesus' words. The one who loved you and gave himself for you is warning you. Understand who I am. Let me say this. If you don't believe somebody, how are you going to be around them? My wife, one of the, one of the things that bonds me, this is, this is some of my better marriage constant. One of the things that bonds marriages together 
I think it's the glue. The, now you old, some of you people have been married longer than I am old. And boy, I used to be able to say that and there were a lot of people. There ain't many anymore. But if you've been married 65 years or more, I'll I, I can say one thing about you. You've had to trust each other. Uh, ben, you trust her? Did you let her drive you down here? That's it, man. That's trust her. That's faith. That's faith, brother. Now, some of you men won't let your wives drive you. Shame on you. You say, Brother Bill, you don't know how she drives. That's probably true. But I mean, what's the glue that holds uh, two people together that are so different? My wife and I are so different. She's wrong, I'm right. That's easy. We're trying to decorate, redecorate our little prophet's chamber we got. Tyler moved out. Were we redecorating it? We've had two fights already on that thing. Well, I want to do, I said, we're not doing that. That's ugly. No, that's pretty. That's ugly. That's pretty. That's ugly. It's pretty. Yeah, the other day, she gave, finally gave it up. She said, do whatever you want. That's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. Just let me do it. But what holds that bond together is trust. Trust. And brother, when you violate that trust in a marriage, I want to warn you. You're on the edge of losing it. That's not easily regained. Jesus said, if you don't believe, you don't believe I am. I must be a liar. I must be crazy. And how can you trust me? Because I can tell you from the Bible, he said he was the I am. The Jews took up stones to stone him. I know that even they thought that. They, as close to the, to the, to the uh, event as possible, they took up stones to stone him. You know Jesus was not crucified for healing the sick and raising the dead. Nobody crucifies somebody for that. They crucified Jesus for who he was, who he said he was. There is a natural hatred for a lost person for the things of God. Natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. Neither can they know them. Or they're how? Spiritually discerned. Have you come? See, here's what I believe in what I call false salvation. That's when a person trusts Christ as their Savior, but they don't trust the Jesus of the Bible. They make up a Jesus who's not the Bible Jesus. Now, is that possible? Yes. Paul talks about if, if another Jesus came unto you, you'd receive him. If another spirit came unto you, you'd, you'd accept it. If another gospel came unto you, you'd be glad to have it. But because I brought the real spirit and the real Jesus and the real gospel, you've rejected it. He told the Corinthians that, 2 Corinthians. He said, be warned. And, and he tells them in Galatians, if somebody comes preaching unto you another gospel, let them be anathema. Brother, you may in the past, have, you may not even this morning have believed that Jesus is who I've just told you he is from the Bible. But brother and sister, if you don't believe what, the, what Jesus said about himself, 
then you are going to die. I'm going to guarantee you something this morning. You're going to die. And I don't care if you've been sanctified by a priest or baptized or you've been held down for three minutes, baptized in the name of the Father, one dunk, name of the Son, two dunk, name of the Holy Spirit, the third dunk. I don't care if you're Bible Baptist, Holy Baptist, first-time Baptist, second-time Baptist, fourth Baptist, uh, uh, all these different people. It don't make any difference what your label is until you trust, until you understand Jesus Christ is the I am. And when you receive him as your Savior, you're receiving him as God manifest in the flesh. You're going to die in your sins. And ain't no coming home after that. I hope you don't. I hope nobody in the sound of my voice dies in their sins this morning. You say, Brother Bill, I up to this point haven't believed that Jesus is who you brought him out to be by the Bible this morning. Why don't you forward come? Why don't you come at, at, at invitation time? Don't, you say, I'm embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Your soul's worth too much. I mean, the invitation isn't over when the music stops. You can come afterwards and talk to us. We'll be glad to talk to you. But the big thing is I don't want you to go out of here. I don't want you to go back home without knowing you're saved. I'm not trying to shake you. I'm not trying to shake the decision you made. But I want you to examine yourself before God. Did I trust Christ? That's who he said he was. Father, we pray this morning the Spirit of God would take this, explain it better than I could. May the Word of God, as it always does, penetrate the hardness of the hearts, the deadness of the minds, and cause life to be born. We may have some folks here this morning that they, have, they, have, they, they worship and serve a Jesus, but it's not the Jesus of the Bible. It's not the Jesus that walked the earth and was buried, was crucified, buried, and rose again the third day. It's another Jesus. It's a Jesus of their own mind, a Jesus of their own creation, a Jesus of a religion, but not of the Bible. Oh, why don't you reject all of that and trust the Christ of the Bible? Say, I want to trust Jesus of the Bible. I want to believe. I confess. It says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in thine heart that, thou hast, that God has raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Maybe as a born-again Christian, you're not living. Though born again, you're not living in a way that would be, would be worthy of what Jesus is doing and has done for us. The Bible says to walk worthy of the calling which God had placed in you. I always am conscious that I'm here because Jesus said so. I live today because Jesus said so. I owe today to the Lord Jesus Christ, not to myself. I want to live every moment, every decision I make. I want it to be Jesus' decisions, Jesus' moments. For what is my life? It's not mine. It's his. Father, help us to have that moment of dedication, that type of spirit day by day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.